boy, there is a lot going on today. But we always welcome the opportunity to step back, get a big picture look at our local economy, business creation, business retention and development, jobs in our community. And the best source to go for that information is the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. Ryan McCready is the CEO, and it's time for our monthly check-in. Ryan, good afternoon. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you having me on. Always a pleasure, and again, always such important uh, topics of discussion uh, to get to. So let's start with, uh, I I think, what continues to be an ongoing concern uh, for businesses here in our community as we have seen the economy uh, trying, struggling to bounce back Mm -hmm. from the pandemic, uh, headwinds of inflation and things. But there's a, a lot of demand out there. There's a lot of people with money to spend, but we're still finding the challenge of having sufficient numbers of workers to provide all the goods and services that people are clamoring for. So give us a sense of the job picture locally here, job openings versus available workers, and uh, how are we doing in dealing with the worker shortage? Well, you know, the job market right now is interesting. I've never seen anything like this. So let me give you a couple data points without putting all your listeners to sleep. Um, A couple things to think about. The unemployment rate here in Springfield in May was at 4.7%. That's down from 5.1% in May of last year. But the number that we really watch here at the Growth Alliance is what's called total non-farm jobs. Now that's the number of people actually working in the community. So in the Springfield metropolitan area, in May of 2022, we were at 108,400 people working. That's 4,000 more people than we had in May of 21. But the other interesting number is prior to the pandemic, so when we look back at February of 2020 before the wheels came off everything, we're at 107,100 workers. So we have eclipsed the prior pre-pandemic employment level by more than 1,000 workers, but we still have a tremendous number of jobs open. Um, so th- there, there's just a lot of things going on in the employment market. And uh, it, it's a fascinating number. So a thousand more people working than we had before the pandemic. But right now, Jim, we still have over 5,000 online job advertisements right now, just in the Springfield MSA. Uh, and that's based on information that I get every month from the state of Illinois. It's so been noted, still it, a trip. Go ahead. I mean, I've seen it, you know, described as really it's a it's a workers' market right now. That workers kind of have the upper hand; they can pick and choose. They have a lot of options to choose from. Uh, so, do we have a sense these jobs that are going unfilled? Is it just that they're just you know tougher work, more manual labor? Uh, the pay's not as great. What what is it that's leaving so many jobs unfilled when workers really you know have that greater ability to sort of pick and choose what they want to do? The anecdotal information that we get is that a lot of individuals moved out of uh, hospitality and food service industries during the pandemic. Those industries were closed for a decent amount of time, um, maybe because of health concerns or other concerns. Individuals reemployed somewhere else in the economy, and they maybe stayed there after the pandemic. Um, well, another data point we track here, Jim, is the average hourly wage at a private employer in the metropolitan areas. So a private employer average hourly wage is now about $30 an hour in Springfield. That is up $5 an hour from less about 19 or 20 months ago. So since the pandemic, the average hourly wage at a private employer has gone up $5 an hour. 
that is a significant increase. So it shows what we know from the data is more people are working. The people that are working are on average making more money than what they were before, and there's still a tremendous demand. We meet with employers on a regular basis doing what we call business retention expansion visits, and almost everybody we meet with is still in a hiring phase. Um, so we need to do what we can to recruit more people to live here and work here in Springfield and Sangamon County. Are these conditions prevailing in, in other comparable communities, whether in central Illinois or in other states? I guess what I'm wondering is uh, if businesses are thinking about relocating or expanding yeah. here, are they thinking twice because there's a better pool of workers available in, in other communities? No, I, I think the problem we're seeing is, is pretty, significant, pretty, pretty much the same all around the country. Um, uh, although the wage increase here is, has been more than maybe what we've seen in, in the Champaign, Decatur, Peoria, some other places. Um, but there's still a, a tremendous demand for labor. A lot of people left the job market uh, during the pandemic. We've talked about that before. Baby boomers accelerated retirement. Um, child, women of childbearing age were uh, primarily the caregiver that stayed home with, with the kids due to school issues. But this is a common problem all over the country. I speak to site selectors. We don't own this problem here in Springfield. But I will say the data point that we have a 1,000 more people working here is actually a very positive point in our favor because there are communities that haven't fully rebounded through their pre-pandemic employment level. Talking with Ryan McCready, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. Uh, Ryan, uh, something I've been uh, noticing in, in recent weeks, a lot of talk about projects to expand residential housing in downtown Springfield. I know we've talked about this for a long time, about how great it would be if we could make downtown sort of a residential mecca where people can live and work down there. They're within close walking or biking distance to everything. It might spur more you know, groceries or, or other retail opportunities down there. Uh, but we've seen a couple of uh, projects, a couple of ideas along these lines, hitting some snags. There was uh, talk about doing some low-income housing in the uh, the Myers building downtown, uh, and the city got a little squeamish on that. It looks like that project uh, may be now DOA, or at least close to it. Now they're talking about uh, converting a big chunk of the uh, Wyndham City Center, the old uh, you know Forum 30 in Hilton in Springfield, into residential uh, studio and one-bedroom apartments. Uh, but again, uh, the planning and Zoning Commission has been concerned about this, that maybe we don't really have that need for it. From your perspective, should we have this kind of focus on uh, residential development in downtown Springfield? Would that be a, a boon from an economic development standpoint? Or are we you know, trying to, to make something happen that isn't really organically you know, destined to happen on its own? I believe we need that residential development in downtown Springfield to help grow downtown and also preserve the future of the central business district of our community. Um, the workforce is getting younger, Jim, and younger people no longer want to buy a house earlier in life. So they have a demand or a desire for rental type or you know, residential units. So whether it's the studios, the one bedrooms, things like that, um, residential units in downtown are rapidly snapped up when they become available. So there's definitely demand. There's a high employment count here in the area. But the other reason it will help downtown Springfield is that in, in economic development, we always say that uh, rooftops brings retail, rooftops brings restaurants. And so if we really want to see the entertainment, the nightlife, the grocery, the, resident, uh, the, the, the retail, the restaurant scene in downtown Springfield move forward, we, they do have to have residents living downtown. It's a difficult, you know, it's a chicken and the egg scenario that everybody deals with. But absent the residents downtown, it's going to be tough to 
continue to grow and, and that presence down here. So I'm hopeful that uh, projects like this will find a way forward. It is a challenge in over older buildings, as, as you know, and doing the redevelopment with new building codes. Um, but but I believe there's a good opportunity. The other thing downtown Springfield has is its adjacent location to the medical district too. And that's something really unique for downtown Springfield. And so I'm hoping these two things can come together at the same time, but I believe it'd be a very positive step forward. We'll keep watching that uh, really carefully here. A couple of other projects that uh, could certainly have a big impact on the community. Let's get an update on the uh, Legacy Point Sports Complex, the Shields Sports Complex. So they got the naming rights for that. And there was an update for Alderman uh, a couple of weeks back. Everything still seems to be on track for that project? It does. The developer is rapidly putting together their, their capital stack, looking at finalizing some, some use agreements. I'm still looking at a groundbreaking here, um, I think sometime in this July, September timeframe. Still on, on pace for that. We're getting a lot of interest in development due to discussions about the sports complex. So I, I believe as they put a shovel in the ground out there, we're going to see things move forward. And, you know, development's kind of a tricky thing. I uh, Earlier in my life, I cooked in a restaurant, and one of the challenges was making sure all the food was ready at the same time. And that happens in development, too. They have to get the bids at the same time, the financing at the same time, the, the agreements. You have to bring everything together at once. And so all the, the developers are actually working on all those things, and, and we're very optimistic that the project's going to move forward. Uh, another project with uh, huge potential is the uh, redevelopment of the old Pillsbury Mills site. Uh, anything new on that? Where do we stand with environmental studies and the, the next steps in, uh, in that process? The environmental study is underway. They've, they've done the soil boring, so they're going through that information and data that's actively going on. The Moving Pillsbury Forward group is also involved in cleaning up the site along with the neighborhood and a number of other community partners. There's a lot of energy that's developing now at that project. Now that the, the title got moved over into the hands of Moving Pillsbury Forward and we got the environmental study moving forward, I think everyone's starting to see and believe of a positive outcome there. The environmental study does just take some time, but they're on site doing that work, and we hope to have those results soon, and that's going to be really helpful for the future development of the site. We'll look for an update on that in the weeks to come. Before we let you go, one other topic we want to touch on is might be a bit sensitive, but I'm guessing it's something you have to factor into your pitches to, uh, to various companies as you're trying to attract uh, business development into the community here, and that, of course, is Illinois status is something of an oasis here in the Midwest as it pertains to uh, access to uh, abortion and abortion rights while all of our neighboring states are moving in the direction of restricting or outright banning the procedure in the wake of last week's Supreme Court decision. Illinois continues to offer that full range of reproductive health options here. Is that something that factors into your discussions with developers as they're looking to relocate perhaps into some area of the Midwest and, and is it seen as a net positive or net negative? You know, it, it's still to be seen at this point. There are a lot of things that companies measure before we ever get brought into the conversation. So my instincts are that if this is a factor in site location, that's a decision they're going to make before they look at Illinois. So if it's a factor in a positive way, it will draw them here. If it's a factor for that company in a negative way, we may never hear from them. Uh, it's kind of like what they say about crime prevention. You can't really measure the crimes you prevent, right? And that happens in our line of work, too. What I do know is that uh, social uh, equity and diversity issues are becoming a much bigger factor when businesses look to locate places. And so it will be interesting to see how that how that factors in uh, to decisions and if it comes up in conversation. 
I don't yet know if it'll make an impact, but it's not one of these topics that companies aren't thinking about. I mean, I do believe they're thinking about these issues. What I don't know yet is what kind of impact that's going to have going forward. We will be having some conversations uh, throughout the latter part of the year with site selection consultants, and I'm hopeful that they can give us some insight on that. Is that something that you can or would actually push out more aggressively and just say as part of a marketing campaign, hey, uh, your workers here, they'll have a full range of options that might not be available to them in other states where you might locate? Is that something that, that could conceivably be part of a future pitch? It could be if we determine that's a decision factor for our targets, target markets. So if we hear back from businesses and their site selection consultants that this matters to them, then that's definitely something that, 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 that we would you know, want to make sure we make part of the marketing conversation. We also don't know what this might mean for remote workers and where remote workers decide that they want to locate. Uh, the, um, the dust really hasn't settled yet on the issue. I don't think it's going to for a while. It's a sensitive topic, but it's it's like a lot of sensitive topics. That doesn't mean you don't talk about it. Um, it's going to become a conversation, and I, I'm going to be interested to see what the feedback is. And, and we will share that once we get that. Ryan McCready, Springfield Sangam and Growth Alliance. We always appreciate your time. Tell people how to find out more about your organization and the important work you're doing. They can uh, check us out at thriveandspi.org, see all the things we have going on. I hope you'll take a chance to look there, maybe sign up to be one of our Thrive allies along with Jim Leach and others. Give us a call, 217-679-3500, and check us out on social media also.